Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Hello, my friends, and thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm Justin, and we're so thankful that you are here. Thank you for tuning in, friends. And you know what? Hey, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, then share it with somebody. Make them aware. If you've been encouraged, blessed, or strengthened, or maybe even irritated a little bit, well, share it with somebody that you love. (laughs) Oh, we've been in over 155 nations. I need to check, see how many that we've been in. It's been a while since I've looked, but I'm telling you, it's getting out there, friends. And we say thank you. You're helping to make that possible through your prayers. The fervent, effectual prayers of righteous people makes tremendous power available. James 5 says, and so we thank you that you're praying. That's my first request, right? Right right there. Would you pray for us? Would you become one of our prayer partners? Lift, Lift us up. Lift the podcast up. Pray that we have boldness. Pray that the podcast gets where it needs to go with no hindrances. Hallelujah. Hindrances may come, but they won't be effective. Praise God, we'll bust right through. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, for his leading. Uh, Hey, I want to make you aware we are uh, in a project right now. We're calling it Studio Project. We have a building on our property that uh, the Lord said put some studios in. We believe we can fit three studio sets in there. One of them is an expanded podcast set. If you're watching me now, you can see kind of the studio that we're working with now. Over there in this other building, we can kind of expand it a little bit, do some other things with the podcast set. But also there's room for two other sets. One of them we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University. It's kind of a sit-down headshot style. It'd be a little more teaching, uh, Bible school, university-type setting, feel, flow there. Uh, but we want to be able to produce content to help people that are just beginning and those that have been with the Lord for a while. And then uh, lastly, the third set, be the largest set in that facility over there. Um, There's a technical word for it. I should probably look it up, but I'm calling it interview style. It's like a couch chair type thing, sit down, a little more casual uh, feel maybe to it, but there we can have guests and talk about uh, spiritual things. Hallelujah. So if you want to participate in that, uh, we just ask that you would maybe consider, see if that uh, something that you need to be involved in, something that you could partner in and help us accomplish that vision. If you'd like to give several ways to do that, go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. You'll find out various ways that you can be involved in the studio project. If you give online, there's a drop down menu, just select studio project. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's jump into this. We're going to pick up on the thought from last week. And we're talking about rightly divided rightly divided. So let's go back to our base scripture here. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So one thing uh, that we understand here is that if, if, if the Bible can be rightly divided, then obviously it can be wrongly divided as well. Let me give you another scripture here in 2 Peter chapter 3. Look at this, 2 Peter chapter 3, and uh, verse, that's First Peter, 2 Peter 3, verse 16, and um, that's chapter 2. It says, and here uh, Peter's referring to uh, Paul, some of his writings, but he says there are some things in Paul's writing in his epistles that were hard to understand, not impossible, maybe difficult. Uh, the Bible does have mystery, 
what are Bible mysteries? They're hidden things, not hidden from you, hidden for you. And so while uh, some people may approach the Bible in several areas and say, oh, that's too hard to understand. No, 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 you need the Holy Spirit to help you uh, reveal the mystery. Uh, some, some things are hidden so the devil doesn't know anything about it. Hallelujah, somebody. But he says, speaking in them, there are some things which are hard, hard to understand, but watch this. Uh, untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they also do the rest of scriptures. And he says, but beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness be, being led away with the error of the wicked. Listen, it's a common practice for people to take passages and twist them. Some people twist them because they fashion the word to their own itching ears. Remember the Bible says some people are heaping up for themselves teachers who will just simply tell them what they want to hear. You can make the Bible say a lot of different things. We said this in the last podcast. You can do, you know, you can do 20 flopping stops, grab a couple verses from each of those uh, flops and piece together some sort of message. And some people go, hallelujah, you know, uh, but that doesn't mean that you revealed any kind of truth. I mean, it's possible that you could totally strip the Bible of all of its contextual, plain, literal rendering and come up with all kinds of messages. And last week I introduced one that I believe is probably one of the most popular messages that's going around right now. It seems to cycle every so often. It's cycling right now. It's huge. It's massive. And it's a teaching that says that we're literally in the millennial reign of Christ right now. Uh, some, some people know it as kingdom now. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of the proponents of, of this don't use disparaging terms for themselves. So they may not actually call themselves um, dominionists. They may not call themselves post-millennial. Uh, they may not call themselves, you know, um, replacement theologians. But anybody who's saying that the kingdom of God is being established right now under the leadership of apostles and prophets, I'm telling you, friends, that message right now, uh, that message right there is a wrongly divided message. Um, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 11 and chapter 65. And I said I was going to give you just a couple scriptures uh, that actually have to be utilized together in a harmonious sequence in order to have proper interpretation of the Bible. And uh, we mentioned last week that uh, post-millennials do not use literalism as the base framework uh, for their system of interpretation. They use allegory or they use spiritualization. The only way you can wind up in a belief that says we're in the millennial reign of Christ right now is number one, you have to spiritualize all prophetic passages dealing with Israel. And so therefore it's not literal. Israel doesn't mean Israel as we're talking about literal Jews. Israel is spiritualized to mean the church. Now I don't believe that, but I, because I'm a premillennialist, I believe Jesus is coming back for his bride. And so we are staying chaste and pure and holy and separate from the world because we've received the down payment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he's coming back to uh, rapture us and, and then invite us into a consummation of a marriage, set, uh, the, um, uh, the uh, wedding feast of the, of the Lamb. And then we'll return with him, according to the revelations, we'll return with him as he subdues all the kingdoms and he judges the nations and then establishes the kingdom on the earth for a literal thousand years. That's what I believe. But I'm saying post-millennials don't believe anything near that. And most of them believe that after AD 70, AD 70, after the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, that that was God's tribulation judgment. And we entered into the kingdom or the millennial 
rain after AD 70. Of course, most post mills do not believe in a literal 1,000 years. They believe it's symbolic. It could mean 25 years. It could mean 300 years. It could mean maybe 15,000 years. I, I don't know. It seems like they, uh, it's symbolic. So it's a, it's a, it all depends on how much the ecclesia hustles under the leadership of apostles and prophets. And, uh, but that is probably one of the most popular, in my opinion, wrongly divided because it doesn't harmonize with all the uh, prophetic passages of scripture. And it's because they don't read those passages literally. They read it through allegory or spiritualization. Uh, but I'm going to show you some verses here to dispel that. Because if we're in the millennial kingdom today, as this very popular message is saying, uh, then there are prophetic passages dealing with the millennial period under the reign of Christ Jesus uh, that we should be seeing. One of these is in Isaiah 11. I haven't gotten there yet. I've been talking. Isaiah chapter 11, let me show you this. We read this last week, but let's touch on it again. Isaiah chapter 11. And it says this, verse 6, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. We don't see that happening. This is a millennial passage, meaning there are Old Testament prophecies that have been foretelling, foretelling, revealing uh, the actions of Jesus, all prophecies, testimony of Jesus. Okay, so everything has to do with Jesus. These millennial passages, these Old Testament prophets were foretelling what Jesus was going to do. And some have been fulfilled, some have not been fulfilled. But these, the millennial prophecies have not been fulfilled yet because we don't see uh, the wolf, the wolves and the lambs uh, dwelling together yet. We don't see leopards lying down with young goats yet. We don't see little children playing with these animals yet. This is a prophetic passage that's letting us know what life is going to be like during the Sabbath reign. It's the seventh day, 7,000 years, 1,000 years, the seventh day or the millennial reign of Christ when he's ruling the nations with a rod of iron. It says that there will be peace on the earth. And these animals are going to cooperate with each other and little children are going to be playing with them. That's not happening yet. Uh, it says, verse seven, the cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw uh, like an ox. Nursing children shall play by uh, the cobra's hole. It says, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. I don't see anybody right now encouraging their children to go play with snakes. All right, and it says in verse nine, they shall hurt, uh, not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the world, even as the waters cover the sea. That is a millennial passage. And it says in verse 10, and in that day, what day? That's the seventh day. What day? And in that day, that's not today. That's not this day. We're at the end of the sixth day. We're right before the millennial reign of Christ. That's where you and I are at right now. And in that day, that's a future day. And then that day, it says that there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people for the Gentiles shall seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Hallelujah. Verse 12, he will set up a banner for the nations. Oh, thank you, Lord, for it. All right. And then there was another verse in Isaiah 65. Uh, I mean, there's several. I mean, I, I, there's several. I don't, you know, I'm not covering all of them today. You can do your own research. Look up uh, prophetic passages dealing with the millennial reign of Christ. And if, we're, if we actually are in the millennial today, uh, if we did enter into the millennial reign of Christ after AD 70, um, 
we're still not seeing any of this. And they, and the, the, they have answers for that. Uh, the problem I have with their answers is that it all comes back to apostles and prophets. It all comes back to apostles and prophets. That's another reason why I have a problem with the ultimate conclusion, their conclusion of the message. I, I mentioned this in the um, last podcast, but most people cannot articulate uh, the eschatol, the, the, the positions, what am I trying to say? The conclusions, the destinations of their eschatology. Most of these people that are saying that we're in the kingdom uh, reign of God right now cannot even articulate, well, what's the in conclusion look like? Most people don't even know that some of the base doctrines include that the church must become immortal before Jesus can return. Most people don't even know that. Even though they're promoting this message that we're in the kingdom of God right now, they don't even know what the major tenets of that position include. Okay. And uh, the problem I have with that, for the most part, is this extremely exaggerated doctrine as it concerns apostles and prophets. And uh, several uh, messages, look up the manifest sons of God. It's an old teaching. It's been around a long time. It was popularized again after 1948 in the latter reign revival. But you got like famous people like uh, William Brannan uh, that got off thinking he was Elijah. They started teaching that the church was going to become immortal. Uh, that was one of the uh, elements before Christ could even return. Out of that teaching came a verse from Acts, uh, was it 21? I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to look it up, but it says that he He's held, in, he's held in the heavens until the restoration of all things. Well, because they're replacement theologians, they don't understand the context was written to the Jews. He was talking about the restoration of Israel. But because they replaced Israel with the church, the doctrine that has replaced Israel, as far as the word restoration, is the restoration of apostles and prophets. Now, in these moves, they're very strong that anybody who has a pastor, who's pastor-led, is out of order. I had a conversation with one of these guys one time and says, man, you're still stuck in the church age. Like, that's past. Uh, like, you need to get with the times. We're in, we're in the kingdom. Well, who then who leads the church in the kingdom age? Well, not a pastor, an apostle and prophet. They're the foundation of the government of the kingdom of God in the earth today. And anybody that doesn't have an apostle and a prophet as the government of their ministries, they don't call them churches, uh, they call them kingdom centers. Anybody that doesn't have a apostle or a prophet as the government of the church is out of order. Well, I have a problem with that. Obviously, I have a problem with that. Um, and, you know, if you do any kind of Bible study, you would have a problem with that too. <laughs> uh, exaggerations are problematic, friends. Uh, we have our own exaggerations that we've had to correct over time, but I'm saying exaggerations, you can take a truth and exaggerate it over into error. Okay, you can take a truth and exaggerate it and push it into extremes and then you get off and then you're not rightly divided. You know, you're not balanced in your uh, approach. You're not taking um, a harmony of concept here. You're not taking the whole counsel of scripture to make sure that your concepts are rightly divided and rightly balanced. Uh, we don't want to get over and push a concept over into extremes and uh, and off into error. Um, let me see, where am I going here? I was going somewhere. Where was I going? Oh, Isaiah 65. Well, I just kept flipping over into the New Testament. Hallelujah. Look at this, Isaiah 65. This is just an example of uh, a millennial prophetic passage that's telling us what life is going to be like during that millennial reign uh, that Jesus institutes. It has nothing to do with us. That's the other thing. With a post-mill position, it's all the emphasis is on you. Um, 
Like, uh, you've got to get it. You've got to yield to apostles and prophets because they're the one that has the instructions for today. And uh, under their leadership, you'll be equipped uh, to become a Joel's army. Joel's army is always synonymous with immortality. It's a group of people, Christians that really pressed in there that have become Christ incarnate in the earth and they've taken on immortality. Therefore, they've got the wherewithal to be able to subdue all the kingdoms on the earth in order to hand a world that's been Christianized over to Christ Jesus. That's the post-mill position. Uh, there is no rapture of the church. They don't believe in the rapture of the church. Um, they don't believe that Christ is coming in back for a bride and a body and that he's going to have um, marriage supper of the lamb period of time. They don't believe any of that. Um, hallelujah. Here we go, Isaiah 65. I'm going to get there one of these days. Verse 20. It says this, no more shall an infant from there live but a few, few days. What? What's, what's, what's he talking about? He's talking about in the millennial reign, under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ, not under the leadership of apostles and prophets, under the kingdom rule of Jesus himself. And he says, no more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days, for the child shall die 100 years old. What's he saying? He's saying in the millennial reign, uh, somebody that dies young is going to be at least 100 years old. Like anybody that dies over 100 years old is going to be considered dying young. Longevity is going to be restored to people in the millennial reign. Now, I don't have time to flesh out all of the scriptures that deal with what are the unique elements of the millennial reign. My intention today is simply say how easy it is to wrongly divide the Bible. There are a lot of ministers today, bless their hearts, some of them don't even know. I mean, the vast majority of them don't even know, Okay. Most of them are in there because of the doctrine of apostle, not the doctrine of Christ's return necessarily. It's, it's included in that. But the people that I've run across can't even articulate that. Most of them only know about apostles and prophets. That's the big ticket item uh, because that's the one thing they can flesh out right now. They can tell all these pastors of churches that you're out of order and you need an apostle. They call it a covering. Who's your apostolic covering? Um, nothing wrong with having accountability, having counselors, mentors, et cetera. Uh, but when they're drilling down on it, they're not drilling down on it like that. They'll just flat out tell you you're out of order. Um, and you got churches all over, all over the place that are swapping their beliefs. They used to believe in a pre-millennial return of Christ, meaning that Jesus comes before a thousand-year reign is instituted on the earth. So many of these guys used to believe that because really that's what you derive from a plain uh, reading of the word of God. So many of them believe that. Even some of the one that are promoting uh, this post-millennial position now actually come out of ministries uh, that were pre-millennial in their eschatology, meaning that Israel meant Israel and it didn't mean the church. But one day they decided to spiritualize all those passages where it said Israel, they no longer concluded that that meant Israel. Wherever it says Jacob, they no longer concluded that that meant Jacob. Somebody said it was okay to conclude that now Israel means the church or the ecclesia. I'm telling you that's not true. Uh, even in Corinthians, it says, give no offense to the church, the Jews, and the Gentiles, meaning the Bible sees three distinct groups of people. The ecclesia is anybody who's born again that used to be a Jew or Gentile. If you're born again, you're no longer a Jew nor a Gentile. What are you? Well, you're the bride and the body of Christ now. Now, there's still a program for the Jews 
And there's a program for the Gentiles. And we see all that in the prophetic passages dealing with judgment, tribulation, uh, who's coming into the millennial reign. The Bible talks about all of this. So my intention is to not badmouth anybody. That's why I'm not naming any ministers' names or ministry names. But what I'm saying is this is probably one of the most prominent messages in the United States right now. And so I want you to be aware of anybody who's saying that we're in the millennial right now. I just gave you a couple passages here. Listen, all this stuff has has to harmony. You can't have these con- these contradictions or your conclusion is off. Everything's got to harmonize. Um, and so again, we're saying that the Bible has several passages that tell us what life in the millennial, uh, in the millennial uh, reign is going to look like. And we're not seeing those fleshed out right now. Now, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now you're saying, uh, well, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, uh, now I don't know about you personally because I don't really know who I'm talking about, but the vast majority that I have had conversations with that say, well, we don't believe in the rapture. Uh, We believe in uh, victorious eschatology. Uh, We believe that the earth is getting better and better and better because the apostles and prophets are being restored back to the government of the church. Um, well, that's all you know. Uh, and in my experience, when I've had these conversations with, 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 with people, that's the only thing they can say. You really can't flesh it out. Uh, most people don't even know enough about the, uh, uh, like the uh, dispensational premillennial position to even argue that what they believe about postmillennialism is even accurate because uh, there's common talking points uh, that are just rehashed over and over and over. But look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. The, the main point that we want to get to today is that it's imperative that you and I study to show ourselves approved, able to rightly divide the scriptures. And 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, uh, or yeah, let me go back. Yeah, let's go to verse 2. He says, for I am jealous for you. This is Paul. He said, I'm jealous for you with godly jealousy. Uh, for I betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin uh, virgin to Christ. Paul saying, in effect, I gave birth to you because I presented the gospel to you. You accepted it. You were born again. And he said, part of my shepherding responsibility now is to help you stay pure, holy, chaste, to keep yourself unspotted from the world because you've been given a down payment. The Bible says you've been betrothed to him. We're not married yet, by the way. That's uh, another reason why we know we're not in the millennial reign yet. We don't have full dominion. Uh, we're not fully one with him. The Bible tells us that very clear several passages because we still have this body of flesh. Uh, and that we, we've been subjected to that in hope, but we have a down payment, a born again spirit. It's the down payment, knowing that he's going to come back for us. And when he comes back for us at his appearing, we're going to take off this body of flesh and put on a body like an, unto his. It's only when we take on that immortal body do we fully become one with him. But we haven't even been married yet. So you got some of these guys that are teaching full and total dominion over absolutely everything. Uh, and this is the doctrine of immortality that they're preaching. But we, we haven't even been fully united to him yet. Now, they're saying we're fully one with him. But see, you have to jump over all the passages, Romans chapter 8, 1 Corinthians 15. I mean, Peter talks about it. you got to jump over all these passages that talk about enduring until we are able to kick this body off. We don't have that glorified body yet, friends. We do not have total authority and dominion over absolutely everything because 
uh, we haven't been fully united with Christ yet. Now, inside, we have a down payment, Holy Spirit. We've been united with him there, but we have not been united with him physically yet. We are not geographically located with him. We're seated with him spiritually there. But remember what the Bible says, uh, to be in the body is to be absent from the Lord. <laughs> so we're not fully one with him yet. There is a oneness, but there's also that, uh, that element of being absent because we still have this body of mortality on. All right, Second Corinthians, he's saying, I gave birth to you. And I, part of my responsibility is to encourage you to stay chaste, pure, and holy until the consummation of our marriage with Christ. And then he goes on in verse three, but he says, I'm frightened. He said, I'm fearing that in some way you may be led astray from your pure and simple devotion to our Lord Jesus, just as Eve was deceived by Satan in the garden of Eden. Verse four, he said, you seem so gullible. You believe what anybody tells you, even if he is preaching another Jesus than the one we preach or whoever these people are that he's referring to. Of course, he he actually refers to them as the false apostles here in a minute, but he said, they're offering a different spirit than the Holy Spirit that you received, or they show you a different way to be saved or present a different gospel. He said, you swallow it all. The expanded Bible adds these kinds of uh, thoughts to it. The expanded Bible is kind of like a, kind of like an amplified. It says that uh, Paul considered them too patient with these folks. He said they were too willing. He noticed they were too willing to put up with this other message, these other messages. And they were gladly tolerant of this false gospel and false spirit being preached in their church. The admonition, the caution, the warning that's being delivered here is that if we tolerate a false spirit or a false gospel or a different gospel and never address it at some point and the dangers associated with it, Paul's admonishing us. He said, man, just like Eve, at some point, you may partake of that forbidden fruit and become deceived yourself. Now, again, uh, most of the Bible admonishes against false apostles, false prophets, and false teachers. These are things that we need to be aware of. Peter said, look, between now and the time Jesus comes back for you, he said, you're going to have to cling to the word, hold fast to the word. Jude said, hold fast to, that, uh, to the faith that was once delivered to you. There's not another gospel coming. There is nothing else you need. There's no addendum to the Bible. There is nobody on the face of the earth that has Bible part two uh, in order to get you through uh, this millennial reign. No, we have this Bible and we have the gospel that was recorded here. That's what we're to cling to. And we're warned and admonished all throughout the New Testament. There's gonna be various people come that have all these uh, other things that they're trying to get you to, to buy into and uh, et cetera, et cetera, believe, trust in, other gospels, other Jesus that they're presenting, et cetera. He's saying, I want you to be watchful. Don't, 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 don't become too tolerant of these things in your midst. Now, we're not talking about being mean and rude. We're not talking about stringing people up, hanging them. Uh, there's some good folks that just wrongly divide the scripture. It doesn't mean that they have a wrong motive per se doesn't mean that they're deceitful intentionally. It just means that somebody told them it was okay to read certain uh, Bible texts in some other way other than literal. Like in particular, we see this mostly with Israel. Again, you cannot be post-millennial. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I know these guys don't, don't like to hear this. 
But you cannot believe we're in the millennial reign right now without uh, replacing Israel. Uh, I mean, there are dozens of passages that you have to spiritualize rather than read that it literally means Israel. Uh, that's the only way. Listen, listen to me. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way to wind up thinking that we're in the kingdom reign of Jesus right now on the earth is you have to replace the Jews. You have to move them out, 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 out of the way. And all the prophetic passages, uh, you would have to interpret as meaning the church and not Israel to wind up in the millennial right now. Listen, you cannot get into millennial reign uh, without Israel because uh, Zechariah, for example, prophesies that they shall look upon him who they pierced and there will be great repentance and uh, he will restore them. And actually Israel, Jacob in particular, those are the ones of promise. Those Jews are blinded temporarily, Romans 9, 10, and 11. But that blindness is going to be lifted. And he's using the blindness. God is using the blindness in order to extend an invitation to the Gentiles. Listen, how rude. I'm telling you, how devilish to think that the Gentiles, okay, who have been brought in, invited in, engrafted in, that we have replaced the root. Remember what the Bible says? The root supports you, brother. I mean, that's what the Bible says. It is devilish. Replacement theology is devilish, friends. There's just no other way around it uh, because it assumes God is done with them. And that's the whole purpose of Romans 9, 10, and 11. He said, do not become conceited. God's not done with Israel. He said, all Israel is going to be saved. <laughs> In particularly those of promise, Jacob. So prophetic passages dealing with Jacob are the actual earthly Jews, uh, ethnic Jews, literal Jews uh, that are going uh, to inherit uh, Jerusalem on the earth. This is another thing that's going to take us off into another thing that I don't want to camp out on today. The point that I want to try and make is you cannot, listen to me, you cannot, you just can't do it. You cannot conclude that we are in the millennial reign without replacing Israel. And what I mean by replacing Israel is taking prophetic passages that say Israel, the word Israel. Now, uh, some Bibles, and I don't have any of them because I don't use them. Some Bibles in the Old Testament, like in Isaiah and, and other passages, literally in the headings added by man, it'll say the, the uh, church. Listen, the church, wasn't, the church wasn't, wasn't in the Old Testament, friends. There was only two groups of people in the Old Testament, Jews and, Gen, Jews and Gentiles. But some people take those passages where it says Israel and they're literally add in the headings. I don't have any of those Bibles because I don't use them. Um, but in those Bibles, they're add in the headings. They'll say the church because they think that it's appropriate to spiritualize those prophetic passages dealing with Israel as not literally meaning Israel, but they spiritualize it. Okay. That's rooted in allegory. They'll symbolize it as meaning the church. That's how it's the only way you can get into believing or using scriptures to try and say we're in the millennial reign today. If you hold fast to the integrity of the scriptures that when it says Israel, it means Israel. When it says Jacob, it means Jacob. Then that's how you conclude a premillennial return of Jesus Christ. It's the only way, actually. 
uh, anybody that doesn't believe that God still has a program for Israel is not premillennial. Do you understand that? Anybody who believes that God still has a program for Israel is premillennial. If you believe God still has a program for Israel, you're not postmillennial. There's no way you can derive that conclusion if you believe that Israel is going to be restored as the people of the kingdom on the earth. Uh, so what about the church? Well, all of the Bible is for the church, but not all of the Bible is about the church. Again, two groups of people in the Old Testament, Jews and the Gentiles, Gentiles, Goyim, nations. God dealt with everybody who didn't have a covenant uh, generically as the nations. He had a covenant with the Jews. Then in the New Testament, there was something new that we saw, and uh, we saw this uh, as part of uh, the Abrahamic promises, is that there would be a group of people, Jesus' inheritance from all tribes, tongues, and nations. These are people that accepted the gospel of grace, the invitation to become the bride and the body of Christ Jesus. That's happening during the time of the Gentiles. Uh, Romans said, though, that when that time comes to an end, there will be no more, uh, there will be nobody added to the body of Christ after that. Uh, and, he's, and he says, you need to be aware of this. I call it the mystery of the Jews, but uh, Paul, he, he, he said, don't, don't be ignorant of this mystery lest you become conceited. God's still doing something with the Jews. There's prophetic passages. Again, I reference it like Zechariah. They, uh, right at the end of their tribulation, by the way, you and I are not going to be here doing the tribulation because we're not appointed the wrath. Who's not appointed the wrath? The church is not appointed the wrath. The nations and Israel is. It's called Jacob's trouble. They're going to go through tribulation. It's judgment. But right at the end of that, Zechariah prophesies that when Jesus Christ comes back, the saints with him, when the saints come back with Jesus and he sets foot down, it says that they're going to look upon him who they pierced. And there will be a spirit of repentance. There will be uh, something poured out upon them where they're going to weep and mourn. And then it says in Zechariah that a fountain of cleansing is going to be opened up unto them. Uh, Hosea, the entire book of Hosea is a prophetic passage, is a, a prophetic passage of their restoration. And they're going to be restored. And guess what? They're going to inherit the land of promise. By the way, natural Israel, natural Jerusalem does not belong to the church. Our home is the heavenly Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. That's where the ecclesia is going to operate from. But the Jews are going to be restored and they're going to inherit their land uh, on the earth. It's going to be phenomenal, friends. Absolutely phenomenal. It's fascinating. Oh, we absolutely love it. So um, the teaching that says we're in the millennial reign now one of the passages that they use. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I, we just ran out of time. But let me see if I can get this really quick. It's in the book of Acts. And let me see what, what it is. Is it uh, 21? Is it Acts 21? Let me see where it is. Let me just look it up real quick. I don't want to waste any time. Held in the heavens until... Oh, well, I was way off. Acts chapter 3. If you got your Bibles, turn there really quick. Listen, I'm not trying to be mean. Listen, it's hard to talk about this stuff if somebody starts throwing stones at you for being divisive or hateful or something. And I think you can tell I'm not trying to be hateful. Um, I'm not trying to be divisive or whatever. Uh, but it's imperative, friends, that we uh, have the confidence that we can go back to the Scriptures and that we can trust what the Scripture says. 
Acts 3.21, that's where I was going here. Uh, this is a very popular scripture. But let me tell you why. It says, um, look at verse 19, repent and therefore be converted, uh, converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Um, pause for just a second. I want to look at something really quick here. Now, this is very important because post-millennial teaching, the vast majority of them, maybe not all of them, but most of the ones that I'm aware of, they use this scripture right here saying that Christ cannot return. They're very emphatic about that. One translation says he's held in the heavens. They're very strong on that Christ said that's why they're post-millennial because after a period of kingdom authority on the earth, kingdom establishment on the earth, millennial kingdom on the earth, after millennial kingdom on the earth, Jesus will return. That's post. That's why it's called post-millennial. Pre-millennial means Jesus comes before a time of kingdom rule on the earth. Post says we're already in kingdom rule, millennial reign. Christ comes at the end of that. Of course, they are not literalists, and so they don't believe the thousand years literal. They believe it's symbolic. It could, uh, it could mean a short time or a long time. And see, the emphasis comes on this verse right here, amongst other verses, but let me show you this. So when they say uh, that he's held in the heavens until the restoration of all things, you ask him, well, what does the restoration of all things mean? They would say this, the restoration of the apostles and prophets for today. Well, I would say, well, that's not even the context of this passage. But see, they don't even see the context of the passage because one of their root foundational interpretation systems is replacement theology. They would not see the context that he's not talking about the restoration of apostles and prophets. He's talking about the restoration of Israel. Okay, He's talking about the restoration of Israel. And so if you're a replacement theologian, you, you don't take any consideration about prophetic passages dealing with Israel or their role in the program that God has. And so because they're replacement theologians, you, you are not post-millennial if you still believe there's a program for Israel. I don't know how many times I've said that. Have, have you heard it yet? If you don't believe that Israel has any place at all in God's dealings, then the only way you would interpret a restoration, <clears throat> which came out of the latter rain movement, the manifest sons of God teaching, or the Melchizedek priesthood teaching, is the restoration of apostles and prophets, the writing of God's government in the earth so that the fullness of the kingdom can be established. The only way in post-millennial teaching, the only way the kingdom of God can come in fullness is if the apostles and prophets get their rightful place as the government of the church. And he's saying right here, he's held into the heavens. And so there's, there's a big push on getting under an apostle somewhere. And so, you know, in order to have that, you got to have apostles. So you got you got to have all the all all these people who are claiming they're apostles, and that you need to turn your ministry over to them. Get out of the church age. Church age was passed. Get into the kingdom age. Submit to apostles somewhere. Have a prophet telling you what you need to do, or Jesus won't come back, brother. All right, we're gonna have to pause there. Again, not not trying to trying to be mean, but you need to know these things. You need to rightly divide the scriptures, friend. Hallelujah. And if that context has to do with Israel, then that's a wrongly divided passage of scripture is it not who's he talking to remember three groups of people in the new testament the church the jews and the nations all of the bible is for the church but not all of the bible is about the church hallelujah
Well, we may pick up on this again at another time. Hope you got something out of that. Uh, If you got irritated, angry, or offended, uh, send your email. (laughs) I better not say that. I was going to be snarky. Uh, Praise God, friends. Jesus loves you, and I do too. Hallelujah. Listen, if we can pray for you, you can send an email with a prayer request to hello at gracecitychurch.tv. And one of our prayer partners will join you in praying, believing God for an answer or a miracle in your life, friends. Hallelujah. Or if you'd like to talk to somebody, call us 870-741-9099. We'll have one of our prayer partners call you back. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. We're so glad you tuned in today. And until next time, my friends, be blessed.